Welcome to our Pini. This is Saratova Beck, Parshas Sayera, day after the elections. If Avram Avinu sat at his tent and he experienced Hashem in an unprecedented way, what does that have to do with us? And so we've been talking for the past couple of days about a story of the Rebbe Rashab. And the story of, of crying, I'm not going to repeat the story, but we understand that through that story, the Rebbe Rashab is opening up the channels so that we, us, should be able to experience Hashem. In other words, what does that have to do with us? It has everything to do with us. It has been sent to us. It has been sent to us so that it becomes our story. Avram Avinu sitting in the tent, sitting in front of his tent after Brith Mila, is not just his story, it's our story. Right now, especially Parshas Vayera, especially through the Rebbe Rashab, we're sitting in front of our tent in the plains of Mamre, in a place of rebellion. We're sitting in America in which, in a, in a situation where there's a fierce battle going on for standing for the truth of Hashem versus battling the truth of Hashem. And there we are. We're sitting in front of the tent. You can say on some level, we've gone through the, the process of Brit Mila. We've gone through the process of so many things that we went through that were so awful, so painful, including the the lockdown last year, et cetera, and the continued lockdown in places all over the world. We were early early adapters, right? We had our lockdown much sooner. And and many many of the difficult things that happened and many of the also gulagic things that happened. On some level you could say this is our Brick Mila. This is our being dis being being uh having the blockages between us and truth us and Hashem removed so that we can step into our truth. You know how everybody says, step into your truth? But they pick all these nonsense truths. There is a ultimate truth, Hashem's truth. And even we are being told by the world, step into your truth. That's what everybody's about. Step into your truth. So we know what our truth is, but we can't always step into it fully. We can say it, we can feel it, we can think it. We just aren't always living it fully. And uh, an example would be, you know, when we look at the elections, we know various things that it says entirely about the outcome, and yet we see what's going on according to the laws of nature, and we get scared. Oh, no, what's going to be? If we were fully in our truth, Torah truth, if Torah says this and this and this will happen, then how do we get scared? Because we're not fully in our Hashem's truth. And this is what the scene, this is where we're left off with this scene of Avram Avinu in front of his tent in this place of rebellion. And he's seeing the truth. Hashem takes the, the sheath off of the, the covering off of the sun and Shem Magin Havaya, the, the, the open visibility of Hashem, of Yudke Vavke, which is normally covered 
over with Elohim, I'll say in a minute what that means. It sounds so fancy. That is removed. What does that mean? We said in Parshas Nayach, what is our Avaida now? Yes, everybody agrees we have to do tshuva. But what does that mean, do tshuva? What does it mean? Like, okay, I'll do tshuva. I don't know what to do. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe is very clear. Today the tshuva means, yes, it's time for tshuva. The basic tshuva has been done. So now we step into the next level of tshuva to bring, to usher in the geula. The only Avaida now is the Avaida Mashiach to himself. That's it. So what is our tshuva? That is very clear in Parshas Nayah. Hashem Lelakim, 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 We want to be in the full Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, full awe of Hashem, and, and the dispute, the dispute in the world is over, very much over Yerushalayim. The outcome of these elections will very much either foster Hashem's plan for Yerushalayim, that it be undisputed our Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is the center of the world. And as the center of the world, it needs to belong to its rightful owners, to the Jewish people. It says that um, the Beit HaMikdash will... Will, will expand to all of Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim will expand to all of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael will expand to the entire world. The whole world will be a place for Hashem. The whole world will be living in its truth. For this to happen, and it will be Gaulishlima, for this to happen, Yerushalayim has to live in its truth. If Yerushalayim is not in synchrony with its truth, the whole thing can't happen. So everything focuses on Yerushalayim, which is why all the Midrashim said, said, and we lived through it all these, these past decade or two, that the whole world, all the nations gang up and converge on Yerushalayim to try to take away Yerushalayim from the Jewish people, Rahman to try to make Yerushalayim homeless. She's the Kala that they're trying to take the Chassan away, away from her Chassan. Just try to stop this marriage between the Chassan and the Kala, between us and Hashem, between Yerushalayim and the Jewish people and Yerushalayim and Hashem and the whole thing. They all, it's said in Tyra that they will all gang up to try to make sure that this, this doesn't happen. And that's why this election is so pivotal because we have one candidate that seems to feel that way too. Yes, Yerushalayim has to belong, needs, needs to step into its real Rightful truth. We have one that, we have one party that its truth seems not bad, fairly in synchrony with Hashem's truth. Imagine it. Part of Asav is in synchrony with Hashem's truth. And then, and, and then there's the part of Asav that's completely out of synchrony with Hashem's truth and is living an old, 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 I don't want to say even truth. Is, is, is bringing Asaph back to a place where he's gone. He's finished with that already. So we have this movement in the world. You know, we have one party saying, let's go back to the old, 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 old Gullah's way, where we're going to gang up against Yerushalayim. We don't, we're not interested in Yerushalayim and being the Kala and Hashem being the Chasa. Forget it. We're not interested. This is what the battle is about. It's a battle. It's a battle for Yerushalayim etc. The Chassan and the Kala 
coming together. So, and it all focuses, at, with the Rebbe Rashab's help, in this week, around this scene of Avram Avinu having gone through the process of unblocking anything that's in the way of his stepping more fully into his truth. Imagine if Avram Avinu needs a Brit Milah, needs an, uh, uh, something to unblock him, how much more so are we? And these are all the events that Hashem is taking us through. This, so to speak, you know, this virtual Brit Mila of getting everything out of the way. So the scenario means we're also sitting in front of the tent, in the plains of Mamre. What's this tent? You know, this tent, the tent of Sarah, Avram Avinu and Sarah with her candles lighting up the world and, you know, all of that. The illumination, the ultimate beauty and power of, of the Jewish, of the Jew to illuminate the world. So we're sitting there in front of that luminous tent. But the luminous tent is situated in a horrible place in the United States that, 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 that can't decide what it wants, can't decide whether it wants truth or lies. But what's happening? Hashem takes the covering off the sun. If Hashem normally, when Hashem normally has the covering on the sun, that, that means that the name Elohim, nature, is covering up the truth. Yudke so what do you see? The laws of nature. Um, and what do you not see? You don't see the miracles behind it. So with, with, um, with shame, when the covering comes off the sun, when, when, when the covering comes off the sun and shame Elohim is no longer hiding, you see the truth. You're more easily able to step into the truth. And this is sort of what's been happening in the past, um, you know, number of weeks. All these videos came out saying, wait a minute, uh, don't be fooled by the media. You know, somebody told me today, oh, so your president, uh, yada, yada, I don't even want to repeat it. He, they say, I said, oh, so that's what the TV is saying. That's interesting. <laughs> they felt uncomfortable. I said, I was wondering what the, what the television is saying. You know, they said, everybody on the television is saying, I said, I, I believe, I believe that that's true. I believe that everybody on the television is saying that. They all have one mindset. They all decided to stand up for, say this thing. It doesn't mean it's true, but everybody on the television is saying it. So whatever that's about, and, and in other words, when you're sitting in TV land, you're sitting in a Lani Mamre, the plains of rebellion. The media is the plane that it doesn't have, it's cyberspace. The media doesn't just have to be a physical space. Planes, you know, a certain piece of real estate. It's cyberspace. It's social media. It's the media. The planes of Mamre, the place of rebellion. So we're sitting in it. We're stewing in it. They're throwing out fake news. And the, our president has turned he, we call it Elane Mamre, the Plains of Rebellion. He calls it the place of fake news. The same thing. So what's happening now that the truth, as we sit in front of the tent, the truth is, the truth is revealed. Now we understand why the Rebbe Rashab would cry, cried 
in the year 1800 and whatever, about 150 years ago, whatever it is from 1855 to 2021 or 2020, I don't know, uh, whoever does the math. So what is the whole story about? The Rebbe Rashab is a little boy saying, why did Hashem appear to Avram Avinu? He saw Yudkei Balke. Avram Avinu saw Hashem without a covering. The open truth. Why not? Why don't we? How can we be fooled? How is it possible that a Jew should be fooled by, in the plains of Mamre, by, by the media? How can a Jew be fooled by the media? Does the Jew have a lie detector installed in his soul? How is it possible that a Jew should be fooled by the media? So the Tzemach Tzedek answered in the year 1865. When a Jew, a Tzaddik, at the age of 99 years old, decides that he has to start all over again, he has to un- any, remove any blockage between himself and Hashem and himself and the truth, it will happen. He will become a vessel for real truth. It's a question of that humility of making that decision. I don't know anything. I've achieved so much, and yet I started square one. So, but here's here's the other thing: a different thing. What is the question? You have two rebbeim. One is a child, and one is a grandfather, and they're not always going to be child and grand. You know. Here's the Rebbe Rashab, fifth generation of Chabad, and the Semachtetic, the third generation of Chabad, and they're representing two realities, and they're speaking, and they're discussing, and the question is, what is the question about? The existence of the Yerah Lav Hashem? What is the question about? Did Hashem appear to Avram Avinu? Is that the question? No. I mean, you want to know, what is the Rebbe asking? Did Hashem really appear? What is, what is he asking? Are they asked, is the discussion, and remember, it's for us. We are, right now, Avram Avinu, sitting in front of the tent, in the, in the midst of social media, in the midst of all the stuff of the media. We're sitting in the plains of Mamre. What is the question? Is Hashem revealing himself to us? Is Hashem there with us in the elections? And we're asking the Tzemach Tzedek. We're asking the third generation of Chabad connected to a level of deep, deep inner penemius, inner penemius truth when it was very possible to really be deeply in touch with truth. It wasn't a very, you know, externally focused generation. So we're asking that question. What's the question we're asking? Is Hashem with us? No. Is Hashem here? No. Is Hashem revealing himself? Can you find Hashem in this? Where is Hashem? Are these the questions? No. Then what? The question is about why aren't we seeing? If Hashem is revealing himself, what's getting in the way of us seeing? What's our problem? What's your what's your ish? Right? What's your issue? You don't see it? Nope. But Hashem, he's not hiding himself anymore. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know what to tell you. Do you look, 
look straight ahead. Do you see Hashem telling you the truth? Nope. How can you not see? It's so clear. I don't know. I don't see anything. The question is, so this is the question that the Rebbe Rashab is asking. How can truth be so clearly visible without a covering and we still don't see it? How can a Jew be fooled by the media? How is that possible? This is the question. So we want to think about how is it possible that truth is so obvious and a Jew resonates perfectly with truth, and yet a Jew can actually look truth in the face and not see it. What does Hashem have to do to make that possible so that truth should not be so obvious to us? So I'm going to say that it seems to be like the situation of, of uh, the template that was created through Meshurabinu. Meshurabinu was a little child, and there he was, you know, facing Pyro, and was he, he wanted the crown. Everybody knows the story, and he wanted the crown of Pyro, and all the sorcerers said, well, look, this child wants the crown. And we know that the Malach had to do an extra job to, right, we know, to, there, there were, they said, let's test with coals, with fiery coals. They're both shiny. Let's see if the child is just attracted to shiny things or he has a sense of truth. And Moshe Benu had a sense of truth. So Hashem gave the Malach the permission to push Moshe Benu's hand over to the fire, which is how he, you know, he grabbed the coal. Everybody knows, and that's how he burnt his tongue, etc. So that means that for Hashem to obscure the truth from a truth seeker and a truth knower, from a Jew, Hashem has to add a huge sparkle to the side of falsehood. Otherwise, it's never going to work. But Hashem is perfectly capable of doing that. He has his reasons why. We're not going into the reasons why. If you, you know, you go with a friend to to a simcha, and, you know, they go to the dessert table, and they're like, you know, the melons, the melon slices, you know, whatever. And then there are all these, amazing pastries. And this is a person who, you know, really struggle with it. So you want them, and you're their diet coach, and you want them to make the right choice. You know, or, or, or let's say it like this. Everybody knows that the melon slices are better for you than all of the pastries. How does Hashem get a conscious, health-conscious person, a truth seeker, to actually put out his hand take the pastry and put it in his mouth. He has to give it an extra sparkle. There's, the melon says, I represent truth. And everybody knows that. Everybody looks at the melon and says, that's what I should eat. But there's a sparkle, there's like a Tinkerbell sparkle that's, you know, fairy dust, like sprinkled all over the pastries that the sparkle is so compelling that it distracts us and it confuses us. And at that moment, when we see it just sparkling and winking at us, sparkling and winking and, 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 and all those other things, fireworks coming out of them like ding, 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 like look, I'm your friend, they'll make you happy and all that other stuff. 
And that's really what those pastries, pastries are given all of those abilities to do that. That's how Hashem makes sure that you have the ability to be fooled by non-truth. He gives it an extra sparkle. It's an artificial sparkle, but the sparkle does the job. Hence, you know, when people make gatherings, they spend all that money on all those pastries because they know people will eat them because the sparkle does the job. If it didn't do the job, nobody would waste money on it and say, well, why should I bother thousands of dollars on all these pastries? Everybody knows the truth. Nobody's going to bother it. They'll say, ooh, garbage, sugar, why would I want this stuff? We wouldn't spend money on it. We spend money on it because people are pulled in by the sparkle that's on it. So Lahavdil, the same thing, in the plains of Mamre, in the midst of the media and social media, it has, and the, the fake news has a tremendous sparkle to it. And the Rebbe spoke about it. The Rebbe had said many years ago that come to a point where the raven is so intensely dark that it shines. You, it gets past the feeling, the, the feeling of, oh, this is a dark, this is dark and this is light. It gets so dark that it actually has a shiny type of darkness and people are, are impressed by the shininess. And Hashem created us to be vulnerable to the shininess. That's how we give this free choice. So that's how a Jew can be captivated by the sparkle of fake news because it's so sparkly. Okay, so um, to continue with this, so we're saying, again, we're sitting in front of the tent, etc., and the question is not, is Hashem appearing? Is truth, is truth, is truth appearing? No, that's not the question on the, that's being debated. Are we able to see the truth? Are we enough of a vessel, a makabal, a recipient to see truth? And it's really the question that every human being needs to ask themselves today. What is truth? It's very, it's very easy to say, oh, Torah is truth. What does that mean, Torah is truth? That's, uh, you know, if you've been religious all your life, or 20 years, or 30 years, or 40 years, to say, well, Torah is truth, big deal. Of course you're going to say that. That's not your, that's not your next step in life. You know, you know how to say it. Torah is truth. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Imagine if you've been religious for 40 years and you're still not saying Torah is truth. That's pretty sad. So, well, duh, what else are you going to say? But there are deeper and deeper levels of truth. That's why it says the Torah that we learn now is nothing. It's heaven. It's like air compared to the real true Torah of Mashiach. So our job is to step into each one on his own level. Somebody stepping from classical lies to classical truth, but another person stepping from the truth that he's used to to a deeper truth. That was Lech Lecha. Avram Avinu knew truth. Avram Avinu wasn't on social media. He wasn't, he was a hundred million percent truth. So what's he going to leave behind? You think he believed his father? When Avram Avinu, when his father, his father with the idols, Avram Avinu is three years old, right, and he takes care of the idol store, and he's exposing the truth. 
He was completely in, in harmony and synchrony with the truth. So why does Hashem tell him to leave behind everything that he knows is to be truth? What, what's he going to leave behind? He knows truth. He knows truth. So, so clearly the levels of truth, there's truth and then there's a deeper truth and a deeper 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 that makes the old truth seem like a joke. Rel- that's the idea of Havaya and Elohim. Relative to the level of Havaya, of Yudke Vavke, of, of Hashem, miraculous Hashem that we will experience in everyday life, what we have now is a joke. Hashem was saying in Lech Lecha Mavinu, the level of truth that you had, that you were totally in harmony with, that was good for yesterday. Now it's like fake news for you. Now it's like, seriously, you're going to buy yourself an electric typewriter and make money doing tech. Nobody buys. I have a friend who bought herself an electric typewriter 40 years ago, and she was going to really make a good parnasa out of doing typing for people. And boom, it you know, it was no good anymore. There are so many things now we see in technology. People invested in this, 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 and this, and then three years later it was completely antiquated. The old truth was true then, and now we move forward. And it's 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 uh, very elementary truth compared to where we're supposed to be moving to. So that it's a process. It's not like some people need to step into truth. We're good. Uh, one of the things that people discovered with the Balchuva movement is before the 60s, you had the haves and the have-nots, the religious people who knew truth. And then you had the non-religious people who didn't know truth, right? And that's the way it was for generations. So nobody would have believed when the Rebbe was predicting it that the non-religious people who grew up with in the world of lies fully, 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 fully secular, would step into truth and surpass the people who know truth. You would have thought that if I'm already 40 years old and there's this college student who's 25 who is living in the world of lies, it'll take them 40 years to catch up. When they're 65, if they start to learn to run they'll catch up to me in 40 years took a few months, and they surpassed you. They have a deep, deeper understanding of truth than you do. How did that happen? Not linear. Totally not linear. So what we're saying is that's the process now. Each one of us is being asked to step into a deeper truth and a deeper truth and a deeper truth and a deeper truth and a deeper truth. And the template for that is Avram Avinu sitting in the plains of Mamre, in the place of the world of lies in, this, in, in, in Hollywood, Media City, and, and, uh, and sitting in that place and being determined to keep looking for truth and a deeper and a deeper and a deeper truth. For that, you have to be a vessel. So what the Rebbe is telling us and what the Rebbe Rashad was saying is that the existence of the Yere Lav Hashem, Hashem appearing, that one happened. 
That wasn't the question on the table. Not only did happen, it happens for every single Jew. A Jew has a bris mila, or a baby girl is born and she has her baby naming. The nefesh, the nefesh akadesh, the holy soul, the nefesh alokis, go, which is a part of chelak alakami mamamish, goes into her and, and into him. And that makes the Jew, whether male or female, the Jew through bris mila, able to see Hashem, see truth. Done. Hashem is appearing to us. That was not the question on the table. Why doesn't Hashem appear to every Jew? Tzemachtet is saying, is saying Hashem does appear to every Jew. Why isn't every Jew shown truth? Tzemachtet is saying every Jew is shown truth. Oh. So why is the Rebbe Rashab crying? What does he want? What's he crying about? Semachetic is saying, and the other thing, the godliness that is visible to every single Jew because of Brismila comes down into his very physicality. What he eats, what he drinks, his, his physical body, everything that he's involved in, all the mitzvahs that he does have to do with physical things, eat, drink, etc., you know, and incidentally, Asaph's territory. Asaph's territory is eat, drink, and be merry. So in the world of eat, drink, and be merry, we eat, we drink, and we're, we like to be merry. We should be merry. Be the simcha. That's the samach, the samach, the Rebbe Rosh is the best. Be merry. In the world of eat, drink, and be merry, which is sort of Asaph's territory, in that world, Yaakov Avinu is, is injecting an experience of seeing truth and seeing Hashem. See, in those days, when Yaakov and Esav were born, Yaakov Avinu, so to speak, his, he, 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 I represent truth. I'm looking for truth. And Esav said, nah, I'm not interested in truth. I'm interested in eat, drink, and be merry. Hashem said the day will come when the two will come together we will be able to experience truth and Hashem in the realm it, while we're eating, drinking, and being merry. And we should eat, drink, and be merry. So we're going to put the two together. In order to put the two together, Esav and Yaakov have to become partners. Business partners. Shurchus partners. Esav and Yaakov. That's what these elections are about. We have an Esav who says, I want to be a business partner. I want to be a partner in the shluchas of Yaakov Zinu. And we have another Esav who says, I do not want to be a partner in the shluchas of Yaakov Zinu. And we're saying, Hashem, Hashem, are you actually going to let the one who doesn't, who's come so far, Hashem, that Esav wants to be a partner in our shluchas? And you're going to undo the whole thing, Hashem? And it all goes back to square one. We start, you know, we go back to the horrible days when Esau wanted to fight us. No, please. Could we come this far just to lose all the, everything that we've, we've, we've gained? Can't be. The only thing I can say, I'm just going to give an example. I just do remember on a certain diet, you know, and everybody was writing in their results, and they would write online to, you know, the support system, and they said, to certain people, 
I think you've gotten as far as you can in terms of how much weight you can lose. If it slowed down to the point where you're not losing anymore, now's the time to start and go on maintenance for six weeks, whatever it was, the whole maintenance plan. And then start again after you let your system reboot. You're not going to achieve much more in this frequency. Stop, go on maintenance, and then in six weeks or seven weeks, you'll start a new plan, and then you'll start to lose weight very quickly. But you need to kind of reboot the system. You've gotten as far as you can in this frequency. So, in Shurkut, between Asaph and Yaakov, the only thing we can say, you know, why are the, there are many reasons why the elections are, you know, complicated. But one of the reasons could be, if God forbid, in the end, we don't see the result that we want, then we have to understand Either, you know, Asav is being given the opportunity to do a deeper and deeper truva, and this is crucial. We don't want Asav being all excited, sure, I'm going to help Yaakov, and then he changes his mind. He wins the elections, and he's like, I don't know, maybe we'll do the deal of the century again. I don't know. We need Asav more deeply con- committed to wanting to help Yaakov Avinu. His, his commitment is pretty brand new historically, and he needs a much deeper commitment to it. He needs the kind of commitment to it that we've had towards truth. Asav does not have a long history of commitment to truth. So he needs, he probably needs some roughing up by Hashem to get him to a deeper commitment to truth. So we don't quite know how it's going to pan out in the election, in the election results over the next number of weeks. It's not necessarily going to be straight. So number one, as we said, he needs to do tshuva. And uh, there needs to be a whole process. Maybe the system has to be rebooted. I guess it means that what we've gained, the ground that we've gained in terms of cooperation of ASA, we aren't going to lose it. But it might have to, we hope not, um, you know, just go on maintenance for a little while. We've gotten as far as we could with the old ASA, like Cairo. Paro became a new Paro, you know, by Yaakov Melech Hadash, a new Paro. Maybe with the old Esau, he got as far as he can get in his tshuva process. And now he has to go on maintenance, he has to reboot, and he has to go much deeper in his commitment and be roughed up a bit by Hashem and, and, and challenged. Yeah, really? How badly do you want it? And so we might see some rocky weeks of up, down, up, down, Supreme Court, this, that. And this is all activated by us. The the deeper we go, the faster ASAP can get go to a deeper place. So how do we go deeper? We we follow Avram Avinu, the Abraham Accords. Avram Avinu is running this show. He's running this whole process. It's him and his children. He's running it. We have to just watch him carefully and do what he tells us to do. Because as the Rebbe says, the Chiddush in Avram is that the existence of the Yerah Elav Hashem with the the novelty with Avram over us is that when Hashem appeared to him, he saw Hashem appeared. He saw we don't necessarily see. 
wow, look, there's a gem. Where? Over there, don't you see? Uh, no. Over there, don't you see? Mm, not really. Turn your head this way. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what you're looking at. That's the difference between Avram Avinu and us. He sat in front of his tent. He saw clearly openly. We sit in front of the tent in the plains of Mamre and were, I think I see, I don't know, whatever. That's what Avram Avinu was working on now. He's working really hard with his children. His Abraham Accords, all of this. Yishmael, Esav, Lavo, Yaakov. He wants to bring every single one of his children and grandchildren to have a way deeper visibility of truth, including us. We feel like we're the elite. We see truth. We know truth. We learn Torah. We can look down in a patronizing way on all these people who just don't somehow see truth. And Asaph is kind of half seeing truth, and Yishmael is just coming around to it and like, ah, ah, we're the elite. We don't have this problem. I don't know. As in the example of in the early days of Shuvah, did anybody believe that your Balchuva student would surpass you? Nobody would have thought that. So the elite felt like we're the elite, and they'll always be our students. Wow, how'd they become our teachers? How'd they surpass us? So we don't know. Mishmo or Asaf could surpass us if we don't go way deeper. Everybody's being asked to go way deeper. Whatever truth was, it was a small T until now. We have to go deeper. The deeper we go, the more we challenge our 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 feelings and our lifestyle according to truth, you know, and say, wait, let's go to a deeper truth, the faster Asa and Yishmo will come around. They're just, they're following us. They're on, hanging on our coattails. So the whole thing is, the Rebbe Rashad is, is begging and crying to his Zayd as a Semostetic and saying, I want the Jewish people, Yaakov Avinu, to be vessels, to see openly Hashem, Hashem and his truth. Avram Avinu, as it says, Rab Poyal Begalui, Besides Hashkinei Lava Shrata. Avram Avinu saw Hashem openly. Rebbe Rashab is begging that our vessels should be opened up so that we should be able to see openly and want to see openly. So here is the clincher. How do we do it? It's really a clincher. I'm not Adam Avinu. I can't see truth. He, he doesn't have anything in his way. I can't see truth the way he sees. And the tears of the Rebbe Rashad as a little boy is he's, 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 he's saying whatever Adam Avinu saw, I want I want us to see what he saw and want to see what he saw, what wanted, and, and have that thirst and have that determination. This is what I want for every Jew, even the Democrats, even the Democratic Jews. They have the most potential because they're at a place where one jump and they'll be, you know, they can easily surpass us in a minute. Because remember, they have this sparkly soul that's in there that once they jump and they open their eyes and say, what was I thinking? They're going to move very fast. You can easily surpass them. 
So here is, um, here are the words. And we said, here's, here's, here's the clincher. Can I achieve what Avram Avinu achieved? Come on. Here are the words. How can I achieve that? Didn't the Rebbe Rashab know there's Avram Avinu and there's me? You know, there's John, there's John, you know, Jack Steinberg. Jack Steinberg is not Avram Avinu. What do you expect Jack Steinberg to feel? What Avram Avinu felt? Yeah. That's what, that's what the Rebbe Rashab was crying about. He's saying, Hashem, Rebbe, Zayda. I want Jack Steinberg to feel and see what Avram Avinu felt and saw. So Zayda said, okay, I'll tell you how. But can it happen? Yeah. Even though the Rebbe Rashab knew the great Myla, the great level of Avram Avinu, relative to Jack Steinberg. But there was one thing. There was, there was an ace card, you know, a card in the deck. You know, there was this little little tool in the arsenal of the Rebbe Rashab that he pulled out at the right moment. And he's pulling out now. And it changes the whole story. Of course, I know Jack Steinberg is not Avram Avinu. But what? And here's here's the tool. What is Abraham called? Avram Avinu. He's not just called Abraham. They call him Abraham. We call him Avram Avinu. Avram, our father. What's the relationship between the father and the son? First of all, whose father is he? Every single Jew's father. What do you get from your father? Everything. Everything that he has, we get. He has it, we get it. Including the Mila, sorry, including the Mila, that at the age of 99, after achieving all of that, one is, erst, one is able to start from square one. We are inheriting it. Whatever the father has, the son inherits. You don't even have to deserve. Just one of the rules. Go from father to son. But what if you're not on that level? It's okay, you get it anyway. It's kind of a free gift. Inherit all that money? It didn't really work. Okay, you inherited it. I inherit all those abilities to see what Avram Avinu saw? Yeah, why? He's your father. Okay, so the father bequeaths to the son. But I feel like it can never pay it back. It's okay, you'll pay it forward. There's plenty of to do in the future, don't worry. You'll pay it forward. He's our father. He's giving it to us. Everything that he has, all his milas, including the Mila, that he reaches age 99 and he's a tzaddik and he's achieved all of that and he could sit back if he wants to and say, I've done my job. And he says, no, now I begin. That Mila, we inherit. Who inherits it? Every one of his sons. Outside Kolodaris. So the end of time. There is no end. All the generations. 
Nibli habet on my mother, my brother, Yerushako. Notwithstanding your situation, where you're up to, spiritually, you inherit the whole thing. Free gift. He's not Abraham to us. He's Abraham to the whole world. They call it the Abraham Accords. We call it Avram Avinu. For them, it's Abraham. For us, it's, it's he's our father. He gives us everything that he has. He sees Hashem. He's a vessel for seeing Hashem. He's, he's a proper kala to the chasen of Hashem. He's ready for Mr. Esnafesh. It's the way he's lived all his life. And he sees truth, and he lives truth fully. And in the same way, because we inherited from him, from him in the same way um, that Avram Avinu, our father, was shown, says the Rebbe Rashab, I am asking that Jack Steinberg should also see. He's the son. He has inherited all of the abilities to see. I am asking that he should see. I don't want it in potential anymore. I want it visible. Shagam anu nirafiskal to be a That we should see that revelation. <laughs>